0: It was salt in the wound at the moment, like I just didn't want to hear it, but it was such sound advice from her because I was just attaching myself to a person when that person could have left the next day without me knowing it. And there I was stuck with my career at 25 years old, couldn't have moved on to something else better, more pay, more visibility, more promotions. Hey, my name is Ariana. And as an immigrant, wife, young mother, and multi-passionate professional, I currently spend my days trying to figure out this crazy and unpredictable thing called life. After a few chaotic years, learning from my mistakes in my early 20s, I've now struck that balance with full-time work at a fabulous tech company and a startup coaching business I run from home. So here we are, making the best of life purples and optimizing our opportunities. We talk about all things career, business, money, life, and mistakes. And maybe even an after-hour conversation or two. So grab your coffee and pour your wine, and let's get inspired to embrace your weird, all while learning workshop style. The breakout session is about to begin. This is the Side Hustle Experience Podcast. hello and welcome to episode number five. This is the last episode of the badge launch. I'm so excited for you to have made it this far. And I certainly hope that you're liking the show. These are just some of my topics, but remember that we're going to have amazing guests coming on as soon as this Thursday. So stay tuned because we will be having an alternation on myself on Mondays and I have my guests on Thursday. So whatever it is you want to chat about, please let me know by contacting me through my Instagram account, Side Hustle Experience. I'm happy to chat with you there on any topics you might have in mind that I could absolutely dive into. But in today's episode, I want to talk about all of the mistakes that I've made in my career so far and how to avoid them. And I actually have a total of 10 mistakes and oh boy, have I made tons of mistakes in my career. And I am getting a little bit more vulnerable today to really just tell you all about that because my ego has gotten on the way of me sharing that publicly because although they are, I think, kind of common career mistakes people make, it's not a lot of things that people talk about. One of the reasons why I want to create this podcast in this community is to start talking about things that a lot of people don't talk about because we need to stop feeling alone. We need to stop feeling like everything that we're feeling is taboo and that no one else is going through it. And so I decided to just rip the bandaid and tell you some of the things that I think what are mistakes in my early career and how to avoid them? Because I know that a lot of my listeners are either just entering the workforce or trying to leave it to pursue their own business or trying to do their side hustle. And all of these applies to both. Without any further ado, let's go ahead and talk all about the top 10 mistakes I've made in my career so far and how to avoid those mistakes. Oh boy, let's get down <laughs> and gritty and very vulnerable today. We are talking about the biggest mistakes that I've made so far in my career. And I am six years into my corporate career as we speak. It is November, 2021, and I'm about to hit six years because I started in 2015. You know, a lot of people say that, or I've heard people say that you make the majority of your mistakes early in your career. And it makes sense. You know, you're young, you're naive. (laughs) And you're kind of figuring things out as you go. And it's totally normal to make tons of mistakes. So I can see how that can be true. And oh boy, was that true for me. And I think, you know, for me, although 10 might sound like a lot, I feel like mine were not as bad or as prominent just because I'm considering myself to be somebody who's super safe in decisions that I make. And I'm somebody who's closed off too. You know, I I try my best not to divulge a lot of personal things. So let's see how this goes. (laughs) So the very first thing that I have to disclose, and I'm ashamed to even say it right now, is to always trying to get approval or seeking approval from my coworkers. Mm, That's a tough one to admit because, you know, I'm a huge people pleaser at heart. Extremely, extremely currently working on it as we speak with my therapist and with my friends and everyone else that I talk about it, but I'm a huge people pleaser. And I think that that has a lot to do with that one mistake that I made on seeking approval for my coworkers. And what this means is that I was always doing things, involving myself in projects or volunteering for things that I didn't have the bandwidth was just because I wanted my coworkers to like me or I wanted my coworkers to approve of me or I wanted my coworkers to think that I was worth it for being there. Specifically for my very first big girl pants job that I had, The second job that I had out of college, the first one was different because it was a financial firm and we were very siloed in how we were working. So we didn't really have a lot of conversations or relationships with our coworkers. And a lot of them were entrepreneurs, right? Because a lot of the people that I used to recruit for were financial advisors who technically made their own hours, made their own money, worked on commission. So we didn't really have like the same type of Relationship and or relatability, right? To talk to each other. But the second job that I had, oh boy, was that a huge change for me and the very first taste of politics in corporate America. And so when I first got there, I just sensed this negative energy in the room of me not being welcomed because there was just some drama going on behind the scenes before I was even hired. And so I took that upon myself, although the drama wasn't about me, but I took it on me. I took it on my shoulders to either fix or... I don't know what I was thinking now that I'm talking about it. I I don't know why I did that, but it was a constant anxious environment for me. Always trying to be there early, always trying to be the last to leave. I'm like, what am I trying to prove? Like, I don't even get paid to do this type of work I'm doing. That's going to be a little bit later in the show, another mistake that I made on attaching my achievements and what I did to the title or the payment, because that's really not okay either. But You know, seeking approvals from your coworkers sometimes is a huge mistake because they don't have authority over you. One, two, probably no influence whatsoever. Three, unless they're a mentor for you, their opinion doesn't matter because they're there to do a job just like you are. So, why do you feel like you need to seek approval from them when in reality they can move the needle for you? You know, you go to work day to day, and if you're interested in climbing the corporate ladder and just getting places, your best interest is to stay visible for people who can move the needle for you. And I know that that sounds a little bit like snarty and narcissistic or whatever, but that's just the reality of things. So I don't know why I was always like this. To give you an example, we went to a conference once and this was for my very first job, not the second job that I talked about, but the very first job for the financial industry thing. So we went to a conference that was 20 blocks away from the office. That's in New York. And you know how the blocks in New York are. Like they're infinite, they're long. (laughs) And it was summer, it was like, I don't know, maybe 82 degrees outside or something. We went to this conference and we entered earlier than we expected. And so one of the secretaries of the CEO, like one of the big guys, she was going back to the office in a cab with all these boxes. And I thought to myself, you know, a 22 year old me like, Oh, let me help out. (laughs) Mind you, I had a walk. And I was like, oh, I'll help you. And like, I was actually doubting myself as I was saying those words coming out of my mouth. Like, what the heck are you doing? And she was like, oh, sure. And she shoved all of the boxes onto me. And there I was, she was just like nothing, just walked into her cab, empty handed. And here I was 82 degrees, walking 20 blocks in New York City with like three boxes on top of me. Why did I do that? Till this day, I actually have no clue. Probably Mistake number one, seeking approval from this girl who had nothing to do with my advances in my career, who had nothing to do with my performance review with that. Like nothing, nothing to do with me whatsoever. So I don't know what I was thinking, but that was the number one mistake that I made, not only because I was just putting all this train and unnecessary pressure on myself of having people like me. And that's going to go hand in hand with something else I'm going to say in a little bit, but you're not at work to make friends. And yes, there's a lot of friendships, awesome friendships that come out of working in places. I've had awesome friendships that I I still have very good close relationships with those people, but not everybody is supposed to have friends at work. In fact, be careful who your friends at work with because you just never know how things are going to happen now. There's just a lot of competition. There's just too much politics to go into that. That's another topic. But that was the mistake number one that I made was seeking approval from my coworkers. And that really just weight on me, on my mental health, on my anxiety, on how I was showing up. Again, my shift at work was usually between nine to six at this work that I was. And I was constantly in this need of having to show up at eight o'clock because there was this other coworker who was always there at eight o'clock. And so I always thought that I needed to do that too. And then at six o'clock I would come around and you'll see everybody checking their clocks, like who's going to leave first. Like there was just like that competition in that race of like, who's going to leave first. And so I was playing into that mind game that was just not serving me whatsoever. Again, that was mistake number one. And I can just ramble going on and on and on about that one thing, because I think it's just so important for you to really know yourself and understand who are the key players in your career. And that doesn't mean that you have to like also seek approval from managers and this other stuff. Like It all applies. Like You're an adult and you get to make your own decisions. As long as you're doing your work, you should not be seeking approval from anybody. But if anything, if you're really that type of person, just like I am, a people pleaser and always looking for people to like you, then... Maybe it's your boss or somebody who can make decisions for you or somebody who can influence decisions on your behalf. Moving on to mistake number two, attaching yourself to a boss or a department. This is big. And the reason why I put this here is because one of my closest friends told me this. I couldn't see it for myself. And she told me we're actually on our way back from a brunch that we were having for my 25th birthday. And we were talking about how unfulfilled I was at work, but I was always just coming up with a but. Because I was like, oh, but my boss this and my boss that. And like, I really like her and she likes me and like, she's awesome. And then my friend was like, I'm going to stop it right there, Adriana. Don't ever attach yourself to somebody at work. Because at the end of the day, they're in it for themselves. They're going to try to promote themselves and they can't really do anything for you. If you haven't done it for you yet, they probably won't do it. And man, that just hit. It was salt in the wound at the moment. Like, I just didn't want to hear it. But it was such sound advice from her because I was just attaching myself to a person When that person could have left the next day without me knowing it. And there I was stuck with my career at 25 years old, couldn't have moved on to something else better, more pay, more visibility, more promotions. I mean, that was back when I was like really with this ambitious mentality of just climbing the corporate ladder and getting into work and just making it to the C-suite level. I still have that ambition, but I don't aspire to be one of the VPs anymore because I just see the lifestyle they have and that's just not the lifestyle I want for myself. The paid is awesome. there's an exchange of goods there. (laughs) And I just don't want that. So that's mistake number two. And the way to avoid that is to just keep yourself accountable, keep yourself in check and have people in your life that care for you, that are watching out for you the same way my friend did, because you probably won't see it yourself. I didn't see it myself for a long time. And if it wasn't because we were having that conversation, I don't know if I would have ever seen it. I probably would have still be there stuck in that company waiting for, you know, because I liked my boss. By the way, I love my boss. We're still really close friends. But she's no longer at that company. And that just goes to show that you should not attach yourself to something like that. If you want to have a friendship outside of work, absolutely great. But don't attach yourself and your career goals and aspirations to that one person because it's just not going to work out for you. Mistake number three is being too vulnerable at work. Man, I was so immature. I'm just thinking back at those years when I first started my career. And again, I just don't know why I'm beating myself up over there because I'm a first-gen in all aspects. I'm an immigrant to this country. My parents really don't know much about corporate America. They don't know much about politics and all that goes on in the workplace. And so I didn't really have a mentor. I didn't have anybody to kind of teach me these things. So I was just learning along the way, which is why I'm so passionate about being vulnerable here and tell you all about this, because a lot of my listeners are first gen as well. Immigrants, underrepresented groups who potentially don't have anybody to guide them through these conversations, to guide them through these taboos that a lot of people don't talk about. And I was too vulnerable at work in the sense that I was always wearing my heart in my sleeve where people could tell that something was wrong. And that's just not okay. Because again, you just go to work and you do what you need to do. And yes, it's nice to have somebody that you can trust and and rely on whenever you feel And that doesn't mean that you need to be a robot. Do not get me wrong because I do agree that we should be vulnerable. Hello, I'm being vulnerable right now. But when you do it to the extreme where people ask you what's wrong, that's not cool, man. Because people start to doubt you, especially for us women, I feel like We have this black aura around us that if we're emotional or if we show any type of emotion, it's like, oh, women are emotional, right? Like, or you're being irrational. And usually showing too much emotion sometimes can land into reactions and conversations that you just shouldn't have at work. So the way to do this is to just make sure that you are keeping that boundary, right? Right. And only share with what you're comfortable with because sometimes, you know, it's okay to share with people at work. That's fine. Again, going back to it's okay to have friends at work if you're being strategic about it and careful. And the reason I'm saying that is because I've been burnt before. (laughs) That's why I'm saying it. And that's just the cynical me just warning you about it. But when it comes to being too vulnerable at work, it's just it can affect how you progress in the company because people can start seeing you as too sensitive or unapproachable, you know, sometimes when things are going wrong at home, you could just go to work and you're upset or something. And you can just show in your face that you're just don't talk to me type of face. And you don't want that at work because then people are going to be living you as unapproachable. You know, you're not promotable because people don't want to approach you. You can manage people. There's just so many assumptions that comes into people's minds. Just really putting on that barrier that when you get into work, it's work mode. It's all about work. When you get out of work, then you can go back to your personal other stuff in life. So that mistake number three and how to avoid it. Mistake number four, mm, this one I'm extremely embarrassed about because I didn't change until I became a mom. Mistake number four I made at work was being extremely reactionary and reactive. Being too reactive at work is extremely, extremely detrimental to your progression at work, to your potential to be promoted, for your potential to be, I don't know, for somebody to go bad for you, you know? Again, it goes in hand with the third one, which is being vulnerable and being emotional is the word I want to use. And there were cases where I was extremely emotional at work, where the reason I'm mentioning that is bad is because nothing should ever bother you that much about work. It's just work. And yes, you should care about your job and absolutely, and I should probably give myself some of that advice, but nothing is worth that much anxiety in your heart, in your mind, in your soul. And it attaches that negative connotation to you of this person is too reactive. Should I not tell her something? Should I trust her to give her feedback and not have her react a certain way? And again, that played against me because I love feedback. I'm somebody who's always asking for feedback. How am I doing? What can I do better? How can I improve here or there? And so when I'm seen as somebody who's reactive, that person might feel afraid of giving me feedback because people don't like to give feedback to begin with. People are running away from giving feedback to begin with. So when you're known as this person of just being reactive, that's going to play against you. And the way to avoid this is to try your best when you're receiving feedback or going through something that you're upset about, instead of reacting or saying something right away, take a pause, tell somebody else, you know, I need some time. Let me think about it. Go to the bathroom, run some cold water on your wrist, go for a walk, fresh air, drink coffee, drink tea, have a cup of water, something to kind of stop you in your tracks, to make yourself think before you speak, to think before you act. Because trust me, I've made some harsh decisions in my career, none that are like illegal or anything like that, not at all. But things that have definitely damaged some of my reputation when I first started. And again, these are all mistakes that I've made and that now I know better not to make them again. And I'm like night and day from when I first started at 22. But that's just something for you, the 22-year-old listening to this, to avoid in the future. All right. So mistake number five is that I refuse to become a specialist at work. I was always being a generalist. And again, it's not bad to be a generalist if that's what you want to do and it goes with your personality. But I was being a generalist because I was seeking approval from all people not because what I wanted, not because what I thought was best for my career, but I refuse to become a specialist. And that's dangerous because you want to be known for one thing at work where people can go to you and you can be the expert in that usually brings on promotions. It brings special projects. It brings races. It brings recognition of being the person known to do certain things at work. When you are a generalist, you know, that's just a slippery slope that you might not want to be into. And when you're first starting out, it is absolutely okay to be a generalist because you're just starting out, you really don't know what you want. You really don't know what path you want to go on. But once you kind of start to test the waters and see the different things, but this goes specifically for human resource because there's just so much that encompasses human resources. You know, we have compensation, total rewards, benefits, data analytics, recruitment, learning and development. There's just so much that goes within HR. And so I wanted to kind of have my hand on everything because it's like I was pitching in and raising my hand and asking for, and that's good too, but not to the expense of your career. It's good for you to raise your hand and help others and volunteer because again, that's what helps you meet more people, network and potentially get promoted, but not to the expense of your core job. And that's what I was doing. I was becoming too good at other people's jobs and not too good at my job. And that is where I failed to become a specialist early on in my career. Now I'm a specialist, but I wasn't back then. I wanted to be everywhere. And that's good because you can be a sponge. Again, it's just a double-edged sword that you have to be very careful of, specifically when you're first starting out, if you don't have a mentor, if you don't have somebody to guide you. And then that takes me into mistakes number six, because I think it just lines up so well. And that is to wait too long to get a mentor. I didn't even know what a mentor was. Hey there. Hey there. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would so much appreciate it if you could subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It would help the show reach more multi-passionate professionals, and it gives me feedback on what direction to take future episodes. I have linked a tutorial on how to do so in the show notes. Now, back to the episode. Start off with a mentor when you're first starting on your career, because it's just going to help you avoid so many mistakes, so many wrong turns. Waiting too long to get a mentor cost me a lot. A lot. And so how do I avoid number six on finding a mentor? Ask for help. Ask your manager. Hey, you know, I'm new. I am super young in my career, super green. I wouldn't use the word young, but use the word green in my career. And I'm just looking for some sort of guidance as of how I can learn more, what are the things that I can do to improve in certain places. And so I wonder if, if you know somebody who might can partner with, or even yourself, would you be okay to become my mentor? Because being your manager and mentor are totally different things. Or even go back to your school and ask one of your professors who are tenured, who are seasoned and experienced in the corporate world. That's mistake number six. It's just way too long for a mentor. Mistake number seven, and this is a little bit of a slippery slope for me because I'm totally the opposite today. But when I first started, I used to take criticism way too personally. And the reason why this is a dangerous thing to be in and a mistake to make is because when your manager or whoever, a mentor or an older colleague is giving you feedback for something, it's not good for them to think that you're taking it personally because it's going to potentially keep them from telling you something else or keeping them from giving you more feedback. And feedback is just so important. It is so critical to your career because put yourself in the shoes like when you're doing performance evaluations at the end of the year and somebody's telling you, well, you know, I wish you could have been doing this better and that better. how, How come you didn't tell me? I would have improved that on month three as opposed to be hearing it on month 12. That is what feedback is good for because it helps you pivot. It helps you go into the right direction and avoid doing the bad things that you were doing to begin with. And so taking things too personally sometimes just comes across as immature as reactive, as narcissistic, because sometimes we just want to believe that we're perfect. And that's not true. So it's very important to understand that criticism, as long as it's constructive criticism, it's for your own good. It really helps you become a better professional. And so it's very important for you to kind of detach yourself from that. And, you know, I'm not going to take away from, you know, a lot of us are really sensitive people. And sometimes when we're told that we're not doing something well, we tend to react emotionally. So if you're the type of person, just make sure you give your manager a warning on, Hey, I'm new and we're still kind of figuring out our system and how we treat each other. Just want to let you know, I tend to be overly sensitive about things. I don't want to be that type of person and I try to control it, but that's just who I am. I just wear my emotions on my sleeve. And I just want to give you a heads up that if you ever give me feedback and I become emotional, it's please don't take that As I'm I'm being upset, it's just the way that I react. Give them a heads up because that way at least they know and they don't become uncomfortable and/or apprehensive to give you feedback in the future. Ooh, mistake number eight. This is going to be a big one. Oh boy. (laughs) Not negotiating. I know. This is a big one, especially when you are interviewing or even later on in your career when you're being promoted and things like that. Negotiation is so important. And I didn't negotiate for a good part of my first four years in my career. Again, I am on year six. So not too long ago, I was still low myself because I was too scared to ask for more. I was too scared that if I were to ask, people were going to turn back and tell me, nope, you're not getting this offer anymore. And that is just not the reality of things. When you ask for more and you have a good business justification for it, the worst I can say is no. The worst they can say is no. Everything in this life is negotiable. And the worst they can say is no. So make sure that you're getting all of your ducks in a row and negotiating everything you want, specifically from the beginning, because it is easier to get more when you're first interviewing for a job because it gives you a lot of leverage. Mistake number nine, it's true of a lot of professionals and it could happen in the beginning of your career, in the middle or at the end. And that is not sharing your career goals with your manager, with your mentor, with your boss, your supervisor, whoever it is they need to know where it is you want to go so that they can help you get there. So when you don't share what it is that you want, they can't help you because they can assume, they cannot read your mind. So that was one of the biggest mistakes I made in the beginning was that I was very unhappy with where my career was going, but it's because I wasn't sharing things with the people that were relevant that could help me get there. Because again, I just don't know what I don't know. So if I were to share, you know, this is the track I want to go into, maybe they could have pointed me in that direction of, making me volunteer for specific projects that were related to that so that I could be closer to that step of being promoted or going into that track. That's one of the biggest mistakes is just not sharing those things that are relevant to your job with your boss. Where do you want to go? All right. And that takes us into mistake number 10. And that is being impatient. That was a hard one to get out because I still am a little bit impatient. And I've become a lot better since I became a mom because it's like a trait that you have to have and a skill that you must exercise and practice as a new parent. But being impatient, it's really, really bad for your career because things take time and you can't be expecting to be promoted within six months. When you're just doing the job, you're still learning. You're still... Gathering everything that you need to gather in order for you to be successful in that role, and they hire you to do that job for longer than six months. I mean, there, it's just no way that you can master a job in six months. That's just not possible. And so the reason I'm mentioning that is because sometimes I just catch myself being unhappy with a job, or you know, I just don't like what I'm doing. But sometimes it's not the job or the company or the boss. Sometimes it's you. And I'm talking to myself when I say this. Sometimes it's just me, and it's okay to admit that because. The sooner you do, the sooner you can fix it. And what you can do with this to avoid being impatient is to just have realistic goals for yourself and have an accountability partner, whether that could be your spouse, your friend, your sibling, a trusted coworker, a mentor. Have somebody who's going to help you stay accountable. Not keep you accountable because it's your job to keep yourself accountable, but to help you stay on track by reminding you of the reasons why you started it to begin with by reminding you of the things that you still have to learn, by reminding you of the things that you can do differently because you cannot continue to do the same exact thing and expecting different results. And that goes with impatience. That goes hand in hand with being impatient. And so those were the top 10 mistakes I made <laughs> when I was starting out with my career and how to avoid them. Let's recap. So mistake number one, seeking approval from coworkers. That does not serve you or me or anybody. So just tap it. (laughs) I know that is hard for us people pleasers, but just have to understand that work is work. And unless that person has some sort of influence over your decisions or influence over your career, there's just no point of you just stressing yourself out and giving yourself anxiety over wanting to have approval from people. Mistake number two, attaching yourself to a boss for a department. This is very dangerous because your boss can be gone tomorrow and then you're stuck where? With who? Doing what? Mistake number three, being too vulnerable at work. It is totally okay to show relatability sometimes and be vulnerable, but in appropriate environments because then that can come across as your emotional, especially for women, and that can potentially become detrimental for your growth, your career, your promotions in the future. Number four, being too reactive about things. When you're told something that you might not be happy about or something that doesn't sound very well or something that you're upset about, take a breather, walk away, drink some water, run water on your wrist. That really works wonders for me. Just cold water on my wrist usually really calms me down. Number five, refusing to become a specialist and just wanting to be a generalist for everything. Again, if that's what you want to do, absolutely go for it. But just know that specialists usually are the thrivers, the one that makes the most money, the ones that are seeked out for more opportunities and so on and so forth, because you become known for that one thing. Mistake number six is taking criticism too personally. Note that when you are being criticized and or giving constructive feedback, it is for your own good. And at the end of the day, it's going to make you better. It's going to make you a better employee, a better professional, a better person. Number seven is to not look for a mentor early enough. You know, not having somebody to guide you, especially if you're a first gen or... You're a new grad, right? You need to have a mentor to really guide you through things, somebody you can ask questions in a non judgmental way so that you can really just don't make the same mistakes or try to get to where you want to go faster. Number eight is to not share your career goals with your boss. <laughs> you can't be promoted or you can't get the projects you want if you don't communicate that with your boss. Number nine is to not negotiate. That is a huge mistake. And nonetheless, just leaving so much money on the table in your lifespan. Just don't. You need to negotiate as much as you can. And the worst that can happen is no. They're not going to take the offer away. They're not going to fire you. The worst they can do is say, we can do that. And number 10 is being too impatient. Sometimes it's not the job. Sometimes it's not the place. Sometimes it's not the company. Sometimes it's just you. So it's important for you to kind of just... Be honest with yourself and have somebody who can help you stay accountable with what it is that you're doing to put in place some achievable goals and realistic goals. That's number one. And I'll give you a bonus. Now that I'm doing a recap, I'm just also thinking about my career and and all of the years that I've done. And that is to put your career ahead of your life. Putting your career ahead of your life is never going to get you anywhere. Yeah, You might get the promotion and the recognition and the title in the corner office and the money, but then what? Because when you put your career ahead of your life, you are giving away time, precious time with loved ones and with yourself that you cannot get back. You can make more money. You can be promoted again. You can have everything else. But the one thing that you cannot get back, that you cannot replenish, that you cannot replace is time. All right? So those are the main 10 mistakes that I made in my career and how to avoid them. And then I also gave you a bonus one at the end. And I certainly hope that that was a really good nugget and a nicer surprise for you to receive 11 tips on how to avoid these mistakes. Again, thank you so, so much for making it through the five first episodes of this launch. I am so excited to have you here as a listener. Since you are here, please make sure if this has helped you, any of these episodes have helped you, make sure to share with your friends, family, colleagues, whoever. And it would mean the world to me if you can leave a podcast review on Apple Podcasts. It would help me and the show so much. You have no idea. And it will also help reach more people because we want to create this community of folks so that we don't feel alone anymore no more (laughs) and I hope to have you back on the next episode with my very first guest super exciting over and out Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode and I hope that it served you well. If you enjoyed it or found it to be something that resonated with you, share that takeaway with me over on Instagram so that the community can also see it. And if you tag me at side hustle Experience, I will be sure to reshare it. Your support and feedback means the world to me. I hope to have you back on the next episode at the same time, same place. Over and out.